Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. We are here, as always, to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and random happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 94, all about the NFL today. Very, very exciting. Thursday marks the beginning, the official beginning of the 2020 NFL season. Wasn't sure if we were going to get here or not with a lot of, you know, ups and downs and virus issues, And but we are here, and some stadiums will have fans, some won't, one that will is the Chiefs stadium. One that will is Arrowhead, where the Chiefs play. I don't know if I'm actually allowed to call Arrowhead anymore. Arrow might be offensive. I don't know. I think it is offensive. Everything in Kansas City is offensive right now. But anyway, Chiefs, Texans, Thursday night, opening of the season. I think it's going to be a really fun game. It should be. Uh, but despite Bill O'Brien's just blundering madness as GM and head coach, Texans still look to have a pretty decent team. I made some pretty bad offseason moves, but some okay ones too, probably in spite of Bill O'Brien. In spite of Bill O'Brien, but what do you think? They have Deshaun Watson still, so you have to give them you have to give them some credence to they're going to be competitive. It's just there's only so much one player can do, and I feel bad for for Deshaun because. You know, I, I thought he should should venture off when the opportunity arose to go somewhere else because I think he deserves better than Bill O'Brien and his best weapon, in fact, probably his only weapon, is now suited up in Arizona. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into this a little more Deshaun Watson talk in the next segment for sure because there's definitely some stuff to talk about with him. But, I mean, you never know what you're going to get from David Johnson. If he can recapture anything he had during a year-and-a-half, two-year stretch with the Cardinals, you could see something special from him, especially with a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. I think Brandon Cooks is a really, really nice addition to that Houston team. If Will Fuller can stay healthy, which I know that's an oxymoron, but Will Fuller is a weapon when he's on the field. Uh, they still have Kiki Kute, I believe, who is who showed some flashes a couple years ago. Texans have the build of a really competitive team, at least. Especially in that division. There's some weakness in that division. Who knows what the Colts are going to be. And we'll get into that a little bit later on, actually. I don't want to spoil that right now. But I think it's going to be a fun game. I still think the Chiefs probably win running away. Number one, they're going to have some fans there, so there's going to be some actual (laughs) crowd noise. Not this, you know, piped-in Atlanta Falcons-style crowd noise. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think the Chiefs are probably going to win. I went running away, just re- because all the momentum's on their side. They, they remind me of, you know, the Buffalo Bills before, um, what's his name, the head coach that's there right now, Sean McDermott. Thank you. Before he got there, and it was all how the Bills were before. They, you know, they'd start off strong, and then they take a few hits injury wise, and then what happened? They just petered out, and they were non-existent by the end of the season. Yeah, this is what this team reminds me of, and not even—I'm not even talking about Deshaun. I'm talking about a few key, not even key, a few injuries on this team in general. The team will suffer, especially with, as we'll get into, the way the defense, the um, division is structured. I just, I just, you know, you said Fuller's injury, you know. 
injury history. Brandon Cooks is injury history. Kenny Stills, he's not a, he's not a number two. He's not a number one. He's barely a number three. And if you have an exceptional number one, then he's definitely a number three wide receiver. But you don't have that. And I just don't – I don't know if David Johnson is what he used to be. And when I say used to be, like two, three years ago, is not that long ago, but it's been a, a while since he's been upper echelon. And Duke Johnson is Duke Johnson. It's, he is what he is. He can catch a little bit, and that's about it. So you're right – the construct of the team is a sound football team. If everyone's on the field, it would be exceptionally competitive team. But they're just gonna they're just gonna take some hits and they're gonna take some hits in the wrong spots. The way the Texans are built is essentially building a house of cards and just hoping the wind doesn't blow for sixteen weeks or seventeen weeks, sixteen games. Essentially. It's like yeah, you have Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. and their inadequacies at certain positions, like receiver, like you said, I, I forgot all about Kenny Stills. To be honest with you, Kenny Stills is just cheaper. Amari Cooper, he'll show up three or four games out of the season, and then he'll walk around calling himself Kenny Bills because he wants that money, but he forgets to play the other thirteen games. You, you got Will Fuller, who could be one of the top receivers in the league if the guy could just stay healthy, but he's injury prone, beyond injury prone. Brandon Cooks is phenomenal, and he really rounds out that trio. If he can stay healthy also, he's also had some injury problems. The only thing that makes all that okay, despite not having an actual superstar at that position, is Deshaun Watson, who is a superstar. Right. However, if those guys aren't on the field, the team's going to struggle. But I mean, you're just going to do When you start knocking off those receivers for injury reasons, and you start digging in a depth chart, we saw it with the Eagles. They were trying to give the Dallas Cowboys, the division title. And in, in in reverse, so were the Cowboys. But the Eagles' issue was wide receiver, wide receiver. And it just became to the point where they were tossing guys that they got off the street into a playoff game, and you wonder why they lost. I, I understand the injury that happened to Carson Wentz and whether or not it was dirty or not. It was. It, it can be debated. But overall issue with the Eagles was receiving. And they addressed that this, this offseason. Well, and corner. And corner. But more specifically, yeah, for the receiver. offense, obviously, not corner. Yeah. I can see, I can have, I'm going to have this probably same narrative about the Houston Texans this year. They're just, they're just going to start having receiver problems, not staying on the field. And all of a sudden, you're going to look at their wide receiver core and say, what in Sam Hill is that? Whoa, we're going to throw a Sam Hill out there. I, huh? I'm going to Sam Hill. Like, they're just going to have. Going back to 1853 on the podcast here, everybody. Look at that. They're just going to have players. This is going to be 2006 Patriots all over again. It's a bunch of malarkey. I'll tell you that right now. All right, so we're gonna, what we're going to do here now is we're going to pick our way, way, way too early predictions for division winners. But we're going to do it now, like we did with baseball. And when we're, you know, brutally wrong, we can laugh about it later. So what you want to, we're going to do the AFC this episode, NFC next episode. Have a little bit of a cheat with the NFC, seeing as it'll be a weekend of the season. But whatever. You know, we don't want this to be a two-hour episode. So we're going to try to pare this down. AFC. 
What do you want to start? Uh, we'll go start with the East. Start with the East? Right, yeah. I, I have the Patriots. Yeah, I do too. I, I don't see... Call, call me Homer if you want to. I don't care. Maybe I am. And you're going to call me Homer later on when we do Banker Tank also. But, dude, Cam Newton looks like the old Cam Newton. Yep. He is working with every receiver on that team like Brady had. And it's not, and I'm trying to bury Brady, but he hadn't been working with them in the offseason even since it was Edelman and uh, Amendola and Chris Hogan. Those are the four of them working out together in the offseason. He wasn't working with receivers in the offseason. Only Edelman, if Edelman came out to him. Yeah, so many pictures and videos of Cam working with the receivers, with the running backs, with the offense in general. They say he shows up early, he leaves late. This guy is ready. The defense is still looked at as one of the very best in the league. And you still have Bill Belichick and a hungry offense, an excited offense that is, is looking forward to being able to do things they haven't been able to do in 20 years. And again, not a knock on Brady, but Cam Brady can do things Cam can't do, and Cam can do things Brady can't do, physically and mentally. So it's going to be really exciting to see. The Bills are going to be a threat for sure. They put together a really nice team. They always have a solid defense. Offense looks like it can come around if Josh Allen can come within, you know, if his passes can come within three yards of the receiver, their team's going to be dangerous. If he can't get any more accurate than he has the last couple years, they're going to be a, a 10-6 and six team tops. The Jets, who knows what you have with them. Jamison Crowder is their best receiver. Maybe. Depending, you know, <laughs> who else can step up. If you ask Sam Darnold, you know, they have Herndon, so they're, they're good to go. Although he's never proven it on the field. And the Dolphins are a crapshoot. Because while I think they're being built up to something that can be a contender, who knows what kind of leaps and bounds they're going to make this year. So Brian Flores is doing a nice job down there, but they've got a long way to go. So it's still the Patriots' division to lose. And if you'd asked me before they signed Cam Newton, I would have said, with Jared Stidham? I don't know, man. That's going to be shaky. But with Cam Newton and a solid team around him and a team that's really gelling and coming together, a team that seemed to have moved on from Brady, thought they were going to be like mourning him for like two seasons. And they're like, no, we're good. We're just moving on. It's fine. You move on, we'll move on. That's okay. So I'm still going Pats in the East. Yeah, there's um, reports that came out that the some of the players, there's no names to it, okay? But some players were, I don't want to say glad, but accepting when Tom left. Because he was being a real downer the last yeah. few years. Yeah. yeah. He, he Noticeable difference in some players. Uh, I know uh, Jacoby Myers, I guess, he wasn't he wasn't down on Brady. He just was very nervous and on edge if he made one mistake. Was he going to get a bench? Was he going to see the ball? Was this going to happen? Was that going to and then, well, if you, if you feel like you're going to do something wrong and you're always on edge that you're going to do something wrong, most of the time you're going to do something wrong. And then Tom's going to say, I'm not going to throw the ball because you're not where you're supposed to be. Whereas Cam seems to be working with everybody. And right now it's the honeymoon period and it's kumbaya and it's great. Um, we'll see what happens when the sure. season starts. Sure. Um, hopefully... Nikhil can stay on the field 100% and be productive. Hopefully Jules is fully healthy. 
And I think those two players and then adding all the other little pieces around mm-hmm. it makes an offense, especially with Cam Newton's ability to be mobile. I I know what I say about, you know, Lamar Jackson running. It's like you're you're at some point someone's gonna lay a hit on you and you're gonna be down. Well there's a difference between mobility and running directly into a linebacker eight times a game. There's a right. big difference. And you and, can be mobile and then when you feel like you're in danger, run out of bounds. Which is what which is what I hope Cam does. He gets down, he goes out of bounds. But he is a big guy. So there are some players he can take on, if you will. Some safeties, corners, smaller linebackers, but I think the versatility of Cam with paired with not really a focus focal number one target if looking at the looking at the offense there's really no focal one off uh, offensive weapon so it'll be interesting yeah, it's going to be Nikhil Harry oh it'll probably be That's, the kid's going to be a star uh, Brady and Belichick's apparently fractured relationship like bled out into that team and you're hearing that now or player like you, like you said players were saying that they're not necessarily glad to see Tom go, but he was so essentially difficult to deal with if you made a mistake because it wasn't a guy he chose on the team. It was a guy that Belichick chose. Yeah. And because, I mean, he got the winningest coach in history and a quarterback who wasn't going to be there in three years. So, yeah, let's definitely just go with everything Brady says. I get he's a legend. I get he's the best quarterback ever. I'm not trying to hate on him. But there's some stuff that's come out the last couple months from everybody else around Brady and from Brady himself that has made me go, yeah, it's time for you to move on, dude. Thanks for the memories. Thanks for everything. You were great. You were a legend. You know, welcome back. Welcome me back with open arms when when you, you get this out of your system in Tampa Bay and want to come join the Patriots Hall of Fame, which you deservedly should be in. But they were everybody was so worried and walking on eggshells around Brady that – they were just they're just burying to kill Harry. The guy came out of in, off of injury, and barely got a chance to show what he could do on the field. Right. It was the same with everybody who came in. If you weren't yeah. Julian Edelman, you didn't get a fair shake. Jacoby Myers didn't get a fair shake. Gunnar Olowski, or I always I always misspell his name. He had you know he had an injury last year, but even him, like he made a couple little missteps here and there, assignments, and it's like Brady's throwing his helmet down, freaking out. And it speaks to. There's rumor. There's always rumors about whether Bill would have traded, wanted to trade Tom over Jimmy. I think there's some truth to that. Could be. Um, and I think Bill saw what he saw at the time. Now, did he get a Super Bowl ring? Sure. With Tom yeah. after Jimmy, absolutely did. So he doesn't regret it, but he now has an opportunity with a new quarterback to kind of rejuvenate this quarterback's career, whether or not they. He stays long term or not? That's for the future to decide. But all right, next division. What do you got? The AFC North. AFC North. Uh, I think we're going to go chalk on this one. The Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, that's. I mean, <laughs> they're the Ravens are going to be so good that I'm not even. I'm not even going to try to predict the sleeper that can come out of nowhere and take them. They're just. They're. They're. Uh, they're too well built all the way around. I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to go 16 and 0. I'm not saying that, but an actual contender for the division, the Bengals are have some really good pieces in place, 
but they're not going to compete with the, with the Ravens this year. There's nope. just no way. The Steelers, who knows what the hell you have in Pittsburgh. You're still trying to rebuild a running back core. You don't know which receiver is going to step up. Is Juju going to be the Juju from two years ago or the guy who couldn't seem to get open last year? Is Big Ben going to be able to stay healthy? Because if he can't, none of those other things I just said matter. And Cleveland, the uncrowned 2019 Super Bowl champions, uh, that went, I believe, 8-8 uh, eight and eight last year, was it? No, 6-10. and 6-10? Ooh, wasn't even that good. Um, the Steelers rate. they got to prove they can do it. They gotta prove they know they can figure out how to use Nick Chubb effectively for four quarters. And no. Like it's Baltimore. It's Baltimore's division. If Baltimore doesn't win thirteen games, I'll be shocked. It's the same as the Patriots. Until you knock someone off, until you knock the champ off, there's no reason to go any yeah. other way. Uh they're just too good. And the Cleveland Browns they have the talent. They're just you. Just don't know what they are. And and Cincinnati, give them. Everyone stays healthy, and they make improvements to the wide receiver court. They, at some point, AJ Green's going to move on. Because I think T Higgins is going to be the number one by week six. But give them two, three years, and they'll rival the. Baltimore Ravens, especially if for some unforeseen reason Lamar Jackson's skills diminish as he takes more and more hits or they come in at impasse for an extension and he gets traded. All options are on the table at that point, but give the the Bengals a couple years. If they keep piecing together, we could see an evolution in Cincinnati. Yeah, for this year, it's the Ravens. Oh, yep. All right, next, what do you got? We're going to go to the AFC South. AFC South, okay. So this, we might disagree on. I'm going the Tennessee Titans. I'm going Houston Texans. And we do. The The reasons why, when we discussed uh, the Texans a little bit earlier, that, that's the reason why I'm going with the Titans. I just don't trust the team to stay healthy. Your analogy was perfect, a house of cards. And I believe week three, week four, you're going to see those cards start to get pulled. And then all of a sudden, the Texans are going to be the Texans. Maybe they can run the score up, but then they're going to give it up. Or they can't score at all, and they're going to lose, you know, 19 to 13 games or 10 to – Six games, and and it's going to be ugly as they continue to lose players to injury. And I think that the Titans are built soundly around one player. And even though you could say, well, if they lose Derrick Henry, what are they going to be? They probably have enough running back stable, especially if you build your team. They proved they don't last year. They proved when they didn't use Derrick Henry. And that well, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they proved they don't have any. I'm talking about the extent of the whole season. I'm not talking about a – you can win some games against lesser opponents. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'll go with uh, that. Yeah. Throughout the regular season, and I would consider the Houston Texans a lesser opponent. I would consider Indianapolis at this point. I don't know what they are, so I consider them a lesser opponent. Plus, I think, as you have eloquently put on multiple occasions – 
Uh, Philip Rivers will pass the ball to the wrong team um, yeah, if, more if often you, than not. If you count his interceptions, he's going to have a great completion percentage. But And then Jacksonville's Jacksonville. Jacksonville barely qualifies as an NFL team. I really think if Division One college teams are playing, at least three-quarters of the SEC could beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And usually I disagree with that because they're NFL players. And even, an, even a 2018 Alabama Crimson Tide would not beat the 2020 or the 2019 Miami Dolphins, the 2018 Miami Dolphins. You know, Go to the worst, worst Miami Dolphins in the past few years. And they still would not lose. They still would not lose to the Alabama Crimson Tide. This is probably the exception to the rule. Yeah. Because they are, they they traded their their best safety, no this this offseason, um, Harrison, before the season started. What do they have besides Josh Allen at uh, defensive end, and Miles Jack at linebacker? Like uh, what do they defense, have for defense? Nothing I can think of. And what do offense, they have on offense? Uh, DJ Chark. Yeah, that's and, it. And um, maybe Gardner Minshew. Maybe. But who knows what you expect from him. I mean, even if he's great, who's he going to throw to besides Chark? You basically have like three or four players left, and that's it. So I, I just don't trust Bill O'Brien and that <laughs> that team to just <laughs> that's, have that's an understatement. any consistency at all. And that's just that's why I don't I, I have to stay away from the Titans. Well, the, the real quick Texas. for me before we move on to the last division. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. It, it's going to be the, the Texans or the Titans. I do have a lot of faith, a lot of faith in Deshaun Watson. He's going to be able to hold that together. Last year, that team should not have been as competitive as it was. It was only for Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. I get it. He's not there anymore. They do have some other weapons they've brought in. I think can try to kind of, you know, close that wound a little bit. Uh, the Jags aren't any threat. If the Jags win four games, I'll be absolutely stunned. Uh, the Colts, who knows? They have good running backs, and then they draft another one because they don't think those guys are there long term. They could have gone for another quarterback, but they bring in Phillip Rivers, who they know has maybe a year or two left. He's not the long term solution. Kobe Brissett's not the long term solution. Uh, who's the kid they brought in? Jacob Eason. They said he might be, but he's not going to be starting. It'll be Rivers. So. Who knows there? That team's in flux. You don't know what you have. You could have a playoff team. You could have a, a 5-11 and 11 team. It's going to come down to the Texans and the Titans. I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. I have not seen him do it all year. If he gets hurt or if Derrick Henry gets hurt, I don't care what they have on defense. That team's not going to be able to put up 10 points in a game. True. So it's injuries on both sides. And let's not forget, Derrick Henry has not always been the most consistent running back in the world. He's a beast, but there was a good year and a half, two years. Everyone thought he was a bust. True. And then whatever he did last season, he came on strong. But he's not hes not an Ezekiel Elliott or uh, a Christian McCaffrey who's been doing it for three, four seasons. He's not. He's got to prove it more. No, apparently not. He already got paid. Well, it's good for him. Yeah. I said, I'm, I'm, not hate, I'm not hating on Derrick Henry. What he did last year was impressive as hell. He was a tank. And if you saw any of his offseason workout videos, he's building a freaking brick wall. But... A lot of guys train like that, and they don't go anywhere. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe Earl Thomas can be his lead blocker, and he'll have a great season. All right. Last but not least. The AFC West. All right, who you got? I mean. I mean. Yeah. I know how I talked up the Denver Broncos, and I know how I, I am comparing them to 
the Kansas City Chiefs of a few years ago. And how they're, I like where they're piecing it together. They have a nice wide receiver core. They seem to have a nice young quarterback. They have a nice stable of running backs. Even having Melvin Gordon, great move. Nice tight end. They're reforming the defense, getting rid of some, I don't want to say dead weight, but dead veterans. Weight. Uh, obviously, they still have Von Miller, but they're building it the right way and they're piecing together around what seems to be a nice quarterback. That all being said, it's the Chiefs. Yeah. Again, until you knock the champ off, and they're literally the champ, there's there's no reason to go anywhere else. No, they're, they're, my, they're my pick, too, for pretty much all the same reasons you just said. Denver made some very impressive moves. Denver, if that offense comes together, might be able to hang with them to an extent. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs. You know, adding Clyde Edwards-Hilaire... And I think McCall Hartman's going to take a big step up this year over Sammy Watkins, which you're going to need because there's no way that you keep Sammy Watkins past this season. Shouldn't even kept him this season. I've gone over that before. Yeah. Mahomes is Mahomes. He's proven on the biggest stage that you're never out of it if you have him under center. This Kansas City's a team to beat. Quite honestly, not even just in the AFC West, but in the NFL in general. Right. Until somebody knocks them off, they're the champs. I used to get so pissed at that when the Patriots would win. They'd be dominant. They'd have a better team going into the next season. And someone's like, oh, well, this team that was 10-6 and six last year is going to be even better. No, they're not. The Chiefs, are, the Chiefs are the team to beat until they are knocked off. If they come out and they look awful, which I, I can't see happening, then, okay, I'll be willing to, you know, I'll be willing to let it, you know, to say Denver could, could take them. Denver will be a really good team. Denver will absolutely, I believe, be a wild-card team. Uh, And we'll talk more about Denver in future episodes as we get deeper into the playoffs. But it's Kansas City. Cut cut and try. The Raiders and the Chargers are no threat to Kansas City. That's why I didn't didn't acknowledge them. Yeah, you don't even even know what your quarterback situation is. And and, and running backs and, and, well, you know what the running back situations are, but... There's a lot of stuff in flux with both of those teams. It didn't look awesome last year, so I'm not worried about them. It's going to be Denver chasing Kansas City, but Kansas City still has a real sizable lead over them. And I think the X factor always with Denver is mile high. You know, they have that yes. home field advantage. Yep. Even if they're a bad team, they tend to win out a few home games just for that factor. So I I see. Denver picking up a lot of division wins. They'll, obviously, it'll be tough uh, going against KC twice. Uh, splitting that would be the most important thing for them. But then sweeping both the other two teams would make it a competitive division. But until until you prove that offense can do what Kansas City did, they were uh, what down twenty one nothing or twenty one to yeah they were like down twenty one nothing to. Houston. Houston. Yeah. And they put 28 points up. They were down in all their playoff games. In one quarter. Yeah. They came back and and won them all. So, all right. Moving on. It's been a continuing trend. NFL teams are just spending money like it's going through it like water. Didn't we discuss this? We have discussed this every episode, it seems, for the past two months. We have a massive contract come in, and it's like these teams are not realizing that if the salary cap is drastically cut next year, they're guaranteeing these people money. So even if there isn't a season or whatever happens, they're paying these guys. I, I, I don't make any sense. 
I don't understand it because I, I could have sw- I read the article that said they could see a thirty to yeah. eighty million dollar no, reduction. I did. We, we discussed it episodes ago, weeks, maybe months ago. I'm gonna run these down, sure. and then we'll get into we'll get into more of them separately. All right, we have DeAndre Hopkins just announced a few hours ago, signed a two year extension for fifty four and a half million, forty two and a half guaranteed. That essentially, well, not essentially, that does make him a Cardinal for the next five seasons. Uh, Tredavious White, the, in my opinion, the best cornerback in the NFL, got a four-year, $69 million extension, making him the highest-paid corner in the league. So the best making the most, that's, you know, I'm fine Logical. with that. I'm fine with that. We have Keenan Allen, the very, very underrated receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers, almost at San Diego, four years for 80, 50 guaranteed. He's pretty much in the top ten in every category for, uh, as far as the Chargers receivers go all time. So, and, you know, he's only 28, so that makes sense. Then the big one, we mentioned earlier, Deshaun Watson, apparently a glutton for punishment, signed a four-year $160 million extension, makes him the highest, excuse me, the second highest paid quarterback behind Patrick Mahomes, and he got the $40 million annual that Dak wanted. So a quarterback in Texas got that contract, but it wasn't Dak Prescott. It was, uh, it was good old Deshaun Watson. I mean, good for him. He's a hell of a player. He deserves it. I understand him taking it because there's never any guarantees. You know, he has a whole other season to go through, a physical season. Guys already had a, a torn ACL. I was hoping he'd move on to a better franchise that would be better for him. But I can understand him saying, if this team is too bad for too much longer, Bill O'Brien's going to be out anyways. And he'll bring somebody else in who can actually help me. Or you would hope. Or a GM will come in and say, I want to build this team from the bottom up. Deshaun, is there a team you want to go to? Yeah, I, I doubt that. It's on the table, though. I mean, I, I would guess. say it's on the table. If, I guess. If GM... we're, really, we're really reaching here, though, but it's, I guess. Um, and then, <laughs> oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Those are all extensions with their current teams. Jadavian Clowney, the seemingly forever free agent, uh, defensive tech, defensive end? Defensive end is listed as, yeah. yeah. Signed a one-year $12 million deal with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, incentives can make that uh, as, uh, worth as much as $15 million. Um, I mean, good move by the Titans. They got a guy who's going to be motivated to play because, as we know, Jadavian Clowney doesn't always have the highest motor in the world. And if you gave him a long-term deal, perhaps you start to see him relax during games he feels are not as important. You wouldn't. That's not a if it. It would happen. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying. Um. But he's gonna be motivated all year because he's gonna want a big contract in the off season, or a big extension, which I wouldn't give them. I would not give him if I were them during the season because then he'll just relax. Correct. So, uh, got a funny story about that contract. But first, I want to ask you of of the four I just mentioned. What stands out to you? Would you have a problem with any of them? Do you agree with all of them? I mean, I know your issue with Deshaun is you wish he would have got out of Houston because of Bill O'Brien. But, I mean, do you look at any of of these teams and go, God, that was dumb. God, that was stupid. Why would you do that? None of the – I don't classify any of them as dumb. No. For the teams. I don't classify any of them as dumb for the players. Um, I had higher hopes for Deshaun Watson somewhere else. But you know Um, what I mean, though. I mean, it makes sense he would do it based on the physicality of the game. I think the best the best one is the Buffalo Bills locking up Tre'Davious White. Yes, 
They've this had is, issues keeping good defensive players. This will not be Stefan Gilmore 2.0. No. So they have made that move. It's a smart move. My question will be, how do you how do you pair that up with your starting quarterback, who I believe is going to need a new contract next offseason? Well, I don't know who else the Bills are paying. So... No, I mean, well, if Kansas City has like seventeen billion dollars in, in, in signings this offseason, true, they can just call them and be like, "Hey, can you guys help us do some math here?" Because, well, no, I mean, because once you invest in that quarterback, the the, the corner, the four and sixty nine, you can invest in that and still make you know, other fill, yeah, fill other in players. Ones. I got you, and, and not just filler players, but highly talented players. It's the it's the decision making of okay you've done this this is smart this is intelligent it will age and it will age good because other players will come along Shaquille Griffin's gonna need a new contract at some point uh, who else am I forgetting I always always forget their uh, their their safeties Jamal Adams well he's not on Buffalo but he'll need one Jair Alexander yeah. will need a new contract uh, extension at some point and I think he's high level um, maybe not to the point of uh, Tredavious or uh, Shaquille Griffin but he's up there so that's why I'm saying it'll age well what kind of decision making are you going to make for Josh Allen? Say right now, Josh Allen is not getting he's a Deshaun not, Watson level contract. He's not even going to get a Ryan Tannehill level contract. Yeah, I wouldn't even give him that. I think either. I think you could give him Teddy Bridgewater kind of kind of money if you feel he's your future for the next three to five years. But there's no what? way there's no way you give Josh Allen a a bank breaking long term deal. He hasn't proven it, and then he's not going to take that. So, I, in my opinion, he's gonna he's gonna see his value. Increasing every year, and he's going to want that Deshaun Watson at minimum to Ryan Tannehill contract, and he's not going to get it and but, unless you're the Bills and you're dumb and you just say, Okay, all right, Josh, here's Deshaun Watson contract. Boom, see, there you go. I don't think the Bills are dumb, I think the Bills are usually put in a tough place because they either think they're going to have to re-sign certain guys or they have injury-prone guys and it's like, oh, do we let them go? And then they let them go and end up doing better somewhere else. Um, I mean, Gilmore is obviously an exception. He was awesome up there, and then they just let him walk, and the Patriots scooped him right up. I think the Bills – I think the Bills have a lot of bad luck. I think the Jets make stupid decisions. Yes. I think the Bills have bad luck. I think Miami did make stupid decisions for a number of years. I think the last year and a half, they've had Brian Flores, as obviously that franchise has done a 180. You haven't seen it on the field necessarily, but I think you will. Um, yeah, I mean, if Josh Allen thinks he's Russell Wilson, uh, he needs to be drug tested, not paid more. I'm just putting I know what you're there. saying. I know what you're saying, but I can't. He'd have to be delusional on an epic level to think he's any better than that. Because it'll, it'll, it'll hurt the team. A lot. If you give that con- that kind of contract to Josh Allen, and then it doesn't work out, and you're not progressing, because your team can only be just so good with a less than mediocre quarterback, where your quarterback play needs to elevate to take your team to that next level, which is probably going to be the problem for the Tennessee Titans. 
which could be potentially be the problem for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, could be the problem for Miami, depending on how they go with their quarterback situation. And it will definitely be the problem for a team that has an epically good defense in the city of Chicago and an epically bad starting quarterback. Man. I, I, I uh, I mean, that's, uh, we're going to get, we're not going to get into that today, but I can't believe they're starting Trubisky over Foles. That is, that's ridiculous. All right, speaking of ridiculous, one, one little side note that a Jadavian Clowney uh, attempted contract before we move on to our banker tank. Uh, apparently, the New Orleans Saints desperately wanted Jadavian Clowney. So then just pay him. Well, the problem with that is they didn't have the cap room to pay him. So, oops. Their proposal was they were going to have the, they were, uh, the other team, they were going to bring in a second team. And the second team is believed to be the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if that's been confirmed somewhere else, but that, that's what I read pretty much everywhere was it was going to be the Browns. The Browns were going to sign Jadavian Clowney. Now, keep in mind, this is the team that he refused a contract for earlier in the season for more money than he's making now. So right. that's that's ironic in and of itself. They were going to sign Jadavian Clowney to a one-year $15 million contract, which is what he, was, what he wanted. They then were going to give him a $5 million bonus, trade him to the Saints, for a second-round pick and a player the Saints were going to send back with that second-round pick to clear up cap space, and they were going to be able to pay Clowney the remaining $10 million of his contract. Then they could afford him. They trade a second-round pick. It's not like it's collusion because the Browns, you know, they are working together, but a lot of teams work together on trades. It's not a big deal. But it's like the NFL is not – that's not how – you said this before we started recording. There's Other sports leagues have – Fail saves in place, so this kind of stuff doesn't happen. You have you have, you can sign a player in the off season, and there are dates. Uh, before there are certain dates where, at when that date hits, then you can trade that player. You know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of when you play Madden, or you know before Madden had a vice grip on the football world, and you could actually play like you know NFL Two K, which was an awesome game. Loved it. Still the best NFL game I ever played. Absolutely. This reminds me of when you would you'd have a ton of money in your salary cap because none of the contracts are realistic, and you'd go and you'd sign every top free agent you could. Now the last couple of years this has kind of been rectified, but you know seven eight years ago this was the thing. Every top free agent, and you just trade them for a first round pick. So like that first off season came around, you were rebuilding your franchise. You had like eight first round picks. It kind of she reminded me when I saw that. I'm like, what are they what are they doing? I've been playing too too much damn Madden. Um, the only thing I thought when I saw this is, you know, the, the NFL shot it down. You can't do that. So the Titans ended up signing Jadavian Clowney. The thing that, that came to my mind, the first thing that came to my mind when I saw this was, can you imagine the catastrophic, epic, league-wide meltdown from fan bases and teams if Bill Belichick proposed something like that? It would be a national day of mourning. Like, it would be... It, it would be like something you have not seen in a football. It would just be the, everything Belichick does, first of all, is the end of the world to everybody who hates him, no matter what. Even if there's, a, you know, he finds a, some obscure rule in the back of the rule book and exploits it, and he's a dirtbag because of that because he's smarter than everybody else. But can you imagine if this wasn't if this wasn't the Saints, if this was the Patriots who tried this? It, it, the league, the league psyche would collapse. It'd be front page on ESPN. Oh. 
They'd be trying to. It'd be like TradeGate. So it's, I, it's ridiculous. I could help the uh, Saints. <clears throat> yeah, get rid of Taysom Hill, right? No, 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 no. I could help the Saints though. Um, had you, because you're paying, they're paying four million dollars to Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. In dead cap. Right. Because I gave him some guarantee, and now they're paying for it. And Chris Banjo. You know who Chris Banjo is, right? No, you know I don't know who that is. Okay, so he, I, I'm not. I I, know, I recognize the name. He's a safety. Yeah, that's a uh, 1.2 million dollars in dead cap there. And I'll I'll finish it off with a bow. AJ Klein, he's a linebacker. One million dollars in dead cap. Well, and this is a team too. That didn't have enough to sign Clowney, but they they're trying to restructure so they can re-sign Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I don't know where don't know they're going to do that. I I don't know because they say they have. It says here they have uh, 600k in, in uh, available cap space. Although I will say this much, um, like I said, any team having cap trouble needs to call the Kansas City Chiefs because they, they had 117 dollars in cap space, and that's not even me trying. Normally, when I say numbers like that, I'm trying to be funny and joke around. They legit, at a point in this offseason, had $117 million in cap space. And they still signed, like, I want to say almost $750 million of the contracts. So you can move the money around and make it work. So they, they, the Saints will figure that out. It's but. just it's just um, misdistribution of their finances yeah. that they just they couldn't figure out what they want to do. And they're paying, I mean... Part of the problem is they're paying Drew Brees $23 million. And is he going to give you that much? You know, you overpaid for Jared Cook. Some would say they overpaid for Jared Cook at nine nine mil. So I don't... I, I don't you're paying... And you're even, even you're paying Malcolm Brown, a former Patriot first-round pick. You're paying him this year $6 million. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Jadavion Clowney at one... One in fifteen, or Malcolm Brown for the rest of the year at six million dollars. I mean, I take Jadavian Clowney. I'd run the risk, but you're just mis- misappropriating your finances because you see the new shiny toy in the off season. It's like, ooh, I want that. Boom, boom, boom. Or you know, I want to have three quarterbacks that all can play. And yes, that's a dig at Taysom Hill because you're actually paying him. $4.9 million. And you have another backup quarterback, by the way. But they use, I, 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 look, I get Taysom Hill isn't the second coming of Joe Montana, but like they use him. It's not like they sign him or just sit there. Like they use him in special packages that seem to work. So I, I don't understand. They very clearly aren't paying him to be the future of the quarterback position. I don't know. It just it seems like a lot Maybe, for a backup. But how much would you pay for a guy who comes in in the clutch? And, and, and I mean, look. Taysom Hill is not going to be a full-time player. I Ever. get it. Ever. Okay, whatever. But he does what he's supposed to do when they ask him to, and to them that's worth that much. Okay. So It's fair. It's fair. It's just it, – it's not one thing, though. This is collectively a sure. lot oh, of no, things. It's a lot of bad decisions. I get you. But it's I get not you. Taysom Hill on, on its own. It's, it's just looking at a broad spectrum. It's your fault you can't get to this, this $15 million for one year for Jadavian Clowney because you – have a bunch of contracts that don't make a lot of sense, that don't really help you anywhere. And then what happens if you start cutting players because, you know, right, they're talking up Janoris Jenkins in the offseason, but what happens if he bombs? Because, let's 
be honest, Janoris Jenkins was cut from the New York Giants last year or the year before. Yeah. For a reason. So, and then of course I think they have they're going to carry dead money uh, from Drew Brees over to next season. Well, yeah, yeah, if because, he doesn't play we discussed that yet. because they're negative yeah. next year. Yeah. Well, so it, I I blame them, and this is ridiculous. By the way, what they tried to pull. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And like I said, if Belichick tried doing, that would have been a meltdown. But that's the that's the league we that's the league we watch. So, all right. So I think it's needless to say you would not pick Taysom Hill as one of your bank players. Never. But. But we are going to discuss that because Banker Tank is back. Week one of the NFL season starts this Thursday. We're going to have our Banker Tank and our Game of the Week right now. And we're going to do it a little differently this year. Instead of reading off, you know, I go quarterback, you go quarterback, and having it be a 40-minute segment, what we're just going to do, I'm going to read off all my bank guys. He's going to read off all his bank guys. We're each going to pick one and then move on to Tank. So, for starters, who... Are your bank players for week one? Daniel Jones, New York Giants. Cam Akers, Los Angeles Rams. Nikhil Harry, New England Patriots. Which one of those guys are you going to highlight? I'm going to go Cam Akers. And I um, pointed this out during the draft uh, we had this Sunday that I really wanted to draft Cam Akers. I like his versatility. There's a uniqueness about him that Florida State tried to bring out uh they use them in different situations wildcat offset eye double a uh, double um running back in the backfield they even flexed him out a few times at wide receiver and he's not a small guy he's a not like big like fat but he's like pretty built, built. he's built yeah he's pretty built and he's he's decently tall for a running back so i i like his versatility and as much as I crap on Sean McVay, he does have some uniqueness with his offensive sets. And I just think you're going to see, and even though the rumors came out that he's going to try rotation, there I think he's going to stand out from uh, Daryl Henderson and who is the other Malcolm one? Malcolm Brown. Thank you. I just think he'll stand out and he'll make a statement week one, week two. Week three, and he will carry the bulk of the touches, not not right. rushes, touches from the running back position. All right, for me, like I said earlier, I'm gonna be I'm a homer this episode, so my bank players for week one: Cam Newton of the New England Patriots, Clyde Edwards-Helaire of the Kansas City Chiefs, and my one of my personal favorite players, Mr. Cooper Cup. Of the Los Angeles Rams. Person I'm going to highlight is none other than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, wasn't necessarily seen by everybody as a top running back in the draft. Chiefs took him late in the first round. I think actually the end of the first round because they had the last pick. So yeah. Uh, this kid could not be going into a better situation. You have a guy who was a stud receiver and runner in college going to a team that loves, that can turn even mediocre running backs into guys who can win you fantasy leagues. This kid is going to explode in Kansas City. He's going to be one of the top draft. He hasn't even played a down of NFL football yet. I can tell you right now, he's going to be a top three fantasy pick next year. He's going to be an absolute monster. LaShawn McCoy went south to join every other player in the league in Tampa Bay. And um, Damian Williams. Damian Williams? 
Yeah, he only had two Williams. Damian Williams, uh, the should have been Super Bowl MVP for the Chiefs, uh, opted out of playing this year because of COVID. Daryl Williams is the only other competition there. He is going to have every opportunity with a, a coach in Andy Reid who knows how to make guys running backs into absolute weapons, running and receiving. A quarterback who has no problem throwing to the running back, and th- this kid is going to this kid's going to win people leagues. He's going to blow up, and I would feel comfortable taking him at any point this season, despite whatever his point total projected point total is. He's going to kill it. He's going to be a monster. So, if you have him, he's a start every week. Now the negative. On to the tank. What do you got for tank players? I'm going uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, Chris Carson, Seattle Seahawks. Calvin Ridley, Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to high point uh, Ryan Tannehill. They are going against Denver. In Denver. In Denver. And I pointed out earlier, Denver has a advantage at mile high. And I wonder if Ryan's going to try to substantiate that contract extension with trying to be a hero. I don't know. My feeling, I'm working two ways here. My feeling is he might try to justify it, but also you have Mike Vrabel who's like, yeah, I want you to do X, Y, and Z. And that's what I want you to do. And X, Y, and Z is hike the ball, make sure you get it in your hands, turn around, and give it to Derrick Henry. And that's about what it is. And I just don't... Whatever his fantasy projections are each and every week, you should almost just undercut him. Because unless he gets a cheap little you know, screen pass to Derrick Henry or a cheap little slant to A.J. Brown who can break it for 90 yards for a touchdown, unless that happens, he's not going to really get your points. He's not going to get you a lot of yards or a lot of completions. He'll just get you you – need, you need to rely on him to get you like two, three touchdown passes to substantiate um, his worth. So I don't, I don't buy it week in and week out. I'm not buying it this week because I just – I think Denver is going to come out there and shell them this week. All right, my tank players are – Again, I'm just going to crap on Tom Brady time. Tom Brady of the Buccaneers, Derrick Henry of the Titans, and DJ Moore of the Panthers. I'm going to highlight Tom Brady, and I think Tom Brady's going to have a fine season uh, once they figure some things out down there. I think they're going to try to make it the Tom Brady show instead of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers show especially going against a team like the Saints week one in New Orleans, who we know can put up points in bunches. Brady's uh, deep pass ability, deep ball ability, has been diminishing over years. He hasn't really had anybody who can really catch a deep ball since Randy Moss anyways. And, I mean, players here or there, but nobody consistent. Uh, Him and Chris Godwin are going to be a great connection. They have 17 running backs whenever they figure out who their starter is. That'll be fine. I mean, you have Fournette, you have McCoy, you have Keyshawn Vaughn who they drafted. You still have Ronald Jones who they drafted two years, three, two, three years ago. Uh, I mean, it's a really steady stable, but you're going to at some point have to have roles for all these guys. You have uh, three tight ends, 
Cameron Bray, O.J. Howard, and Rob Gronkowski. You know Brady's going to want Rob Gronkowski involved in that mm-hmm. offense heavily. If Gronk, you know, one week you hear from Bruce Arians, the, the Buccaneers coach, that Gronk does not look like he can handle the, the weather down in Florida. He's not conditioned. The following week he says he looks better than ever. I don't know. Um, Arians has always been known for kind of, you know, trying to throw people off, which is okay when it's him, but not when it's Belichick. So, whatever. And I like Bruce Arians. I'm not trying to crap on him. I like Bruce Arians a lot. But I, I think Brady's going to have a good game, but he's projected to get almost 30 fantasy points. Uh, yeah, I don't see that. Against New Orleans, when he has trouble throwing a deep ball, New Orleans has a pretty decent secondary, uh, if not very good secondary. Uh, you're not going to get a lot of deep balls that are accurate from Brady, never mind through New Orleans secondary. Who knows what that Tampa Bay offense is going to really look like? Because let's face it, the Tom Brady we saw the last year and a half isn't the same guy that's not there in Tampa. And he has not spent the offseason – under the diligent thumb of Bill Belichick, it's been captain, do whatever you want, Bruce Arians, and playing golf with Peyton Manning, and running down the Patriots, saying how miserable he was there. And this is not this is this is like a kid that got away on spring break. This isn't the discipline Tom Brady we're used to. So, who knows what he's going to be? He could prove me wrong. He's proved a lot of people wrong before. But I think in this game, don't bank on him. Anything else? You good? Oh, yeah, we had our game of the week. Game of the week. Game of the week. Who you got? I'm going Browns-Ravens. Okay. I'm interested in this because I want to see if the Ravens learned from last year mm-hmm. and because uh, they had that early season loss to the Browns, which kind of was a wake-up call for the Ravens, and then all of a sudden they just said, yeah, the rest of the league, we're just going to run over you, Patriots included. I want to see if they, they can – Take this team seriously because it's very important that they start off on a good foot against the Browns team that has ability, has talents, but we're not sure what they are. The Ravens need to make sure that they identify their identity in this game as what they did last year, and that's run the ball, play action with Lamar, Run the ball with Lamar and hitting those tight ends. And it is, it's going to be key without Hayden Hurst to figure out who that third tight end because it was very important for them to have that three tight end ability. This would be a perfect scenario where if you were – you had Tampa Bay's tight ends, all three of those guys, although O.J. Howard doesn't block great, but you don't need a great blocker. You just need a couple of – Good ones. And I think that would work out in this system where Gronk, Brait, and, and OJ would all get not equal opportunity, but a lot of playing time on the Wait, field. I, I missed the boat here. How do we get from Browns Ravens to I'm, Tampa Bay? I'm equating the the missing piece of the three tight end okay. set for the Ravens because they traded away Hayden Hurst. And now they need to replace that when I'm saying yeah, this would be a good scenario for the three tight ends in Tampa Bay to sit in this position because they would all get they'd get playing time, not equal catches, but they it would work better than the situation as you identified with the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. But I just it's important for the Ravens to get off this year on the right foot because they know what's waiting at the end of the year. 
I mean, let's let's not be foolish. The Chiefs will be waiting for them at the end of the year. They didn't have their opportunity last year because they not fumbled, but they came up short against the Titans. They can't have that. They can't let that happen again, and they need to be ready for the Chiefs when I would say inevitably they go against them. Well, my game of the week is going to be another team that couldn't come up uh, big against the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Cardinals at the 49ers. Um, it's going to be last year's season. Cardinals offense, which was abysmal the year before in 2018, yep, totally transformed with Kyler Murray. They're going to be even better this year with DeAndre Hopkins, a happy, healthy DeAndre Hopkins in a place where he where he's not arguing with the coach, a place that wants him with an insanely good young quarterback who I think could very well make a run of the MVP this year in Kyler Murray. Um, Kenyon Drake finally in a place where he seems like he really fits in the offense. Uh, and other, I mean, Christian Kirk, um, uh, they have another good receiver there. Uh, obviously Larry Fitzgerald. They have somebody else, but a lot of weapons on that on that Cardinals offense. Defense doesn't look too, too shabby either. Let's see how an obviously very good San Francisco defense holds up against the Arizona Cardinals offense. And I'm, that's the matchup I really want to see. I think the, the, you know, the Cardinals' defense against the 49ers' offense will be fun too. But I really want to see Kyler Murray against that 49ers' defense and what he can do. Last year, when the 49ers were undefeated, they went against the Cardinals twice, and the Cardinals damn near came up against them and beat them before the Seahawks ended up doing it. I believe it was the Seahawks who beat the 49ers first. Yeah, it was. The Cardinals almost did it twice. Right. When nobody expected them to even be competitive. So this is a team that's hungry, it's young, it's really, really talented, and that's going to make for a hell of a game. I think the Cardinals actually win that game. I really do. I don't I don't know the score, but I think it'll be somewhere around 31-27. So any, any prediction for your game? Yeah, Baltimore will roll through them 28-10. Uh, to 10. Okay, let's document that. So, make sure we can tell we, we can read off how incredibly wrong we both were next week. That's fair. But now I can say it. Anything else? Are you good? Besides knocking your mic down. No, I'm good. You almost made a whole episode without doing it. That was good. All right. Well, that's it for us. We are going to get out of here for this week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you have any questions, comments about anything you heard on this show or past shows or anything else sports related for Ben or I, we would love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? You can hit us up on Facebook. That's Ben and Chris Talk Sports. On Twitter, at BCTSPod or the website, BCTSPod.com. All right. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. And if you don't mind, just our, our episodic reminder, if you enjoy the show, can you please just spread the word? At least one person. We greatly appreciate it. Great way to get the show out there to more people. But until next time, for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe and stay healthy. And we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.